and welcome to the newest episode of Field Days. My name is Noah Nagy, and I'm joined by Greg Straub. We are in Monroe County this week, Greg. It's, uh, it's southern Michigan, way down, almost we're almost in Ohio. It's great to have an opportunity to continue our, our, our five-part series on heroin. The last couple weeks, we've, we've been up in Jackson, where we had an opportunity to talk to Elmer Hitt and Chris Simpson of the Jackson Police Department. And last week, we had a very cool opportunity to speak with Judge Susan Beatty out of the Fourth Circuit Court. She showed a real passion for what she does in, in the recovery court in Jackson County, how we can battle the heroin issue and some uh, ideals and, and moving forward. So today we're going to have an opportunity to talk to Bill Nichols, the Monroe County prosecutor. Uh, but before that, Greg, you know, this last couple, we're in February now, in the last couple weeks we've seen a, a lot of our uh, offices being involved in the Pulitzer plunge and, and raising funds for the Special Olympics. And, and a couple weekends ago, I don't know if you saw this Kent County probation, I believe it was, or maybe Kent probation County and parole. Pro yeah. probation and parole. I think it was minus 10, maybe it zero. Was it was cold. freezing. They were jumping into the water, but they raised a significant amount of money, didn't they? They, they did. And, you know, you, you still look like you're shivering. Did you did you have to jump in the water? Well, I did just uh, this past week. But I, I joined uh, Dave Katz and, and a lot of the staff from the Metropolitan uh, territory and days as you know and we've talked about this before days yeah. been heavily involved in, in special olympics and raising runs. funds yeah. torch runs and does the uh, polar plunge in belleville we were at belleville lake a couple weeks ago where we got lucky is in kent county that weekend i think it was literally zero degrees it was we had was. 50s and sun uh it was uh so what are you complaining about well, let me say, when there's still <laughs> ice the water's still cold right and uh, uh so but we we as a, as a group raised over five thousand. And, uh, you know, there's some great efforts by some of the agents in the area, some of the supervisors. We, they did a great job in, in raising funds. But yeah, Kent you, County. Yeah, you brought up Kent County. Yeah. They raised over $15,000 wow. as, as a group. Right. Uh, Bill Decker, right. who you saw on social oh, media, yeah, he raised that. over 5000 himself. But, you know, I mean, speaking of Special Olympics, I think, you know, in addition to Kent County and the, and the, and the crew you guys went out with in, in the right, Metro Territory, right. You know, last year, you know, not only you guys, but the department as a whole it does a great job right. at raising money yeah. for Special Olympics. Last year, we got the Diamond Award, if you know what that is. I don't know what that we is. We raised over $91,000. And thanks again to everyone who donates to this, who gets involved in the Polar Plunges, you know, the Torch Runs. It's a great charity, and, and I think, you know, it just speaks to, again, the wonderful people that we have working in the MDOC. I think so. And, you know, I, I'm... While we're at the end of February, Greg, I still believe in March there's a couple polar plunges out there. Marquette and uh, maybe Kalamazoo, so feel free to sign up. I knew you were, I knew you were huh? going there. I knew you were going Get there. off I the sideline. <laughs> hop, hop in. Yeah, yeah. Noah, let me, uh, let me get you off that topic real quick. Yeah. Well, you know, later on, I'll, there was a news article in Battle Creek, or I'm sorry, in, in Coldwater, in Branch County. Right. The Daily Reporter. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, the and, Daily and Reporter. Talk, talked about some staff that we have down in Branch County working with their court system, their prosecutor. Um, to do a kind of unique program down there where it involves, you know, it's almost like our old stop program. But we have a special guest here and we should probably get to that, shouldn't we? All right, Greg, yeah, our guest is uh, the Monroe County Prosecuting Attorney. He's been with the Monroe County Prosecutor's Office for 23 years. 12 is the elected uh, prosecuting attorney. He's a University of Michigan grad. Go Blue. Go Blue. He is also a Cooley Law School grad. Um, been practicing law for 28 years, and we're very honored and grateful to have uh, Bill Nichols, Monroe County Prosecutor. Welcome, Bill. Glad to be here. Thanks, guys. Uh, we've had a, had a lot of fun behind the scenes here today talking about him. And, Greg, we should probably mention we got a local celebrity right. here, 
Jeff Yorkie, who hosts the the Law Sunday Side Up, and uh, he's been some sharing some stories of, of his podcast. Steal some of our podcast yeah, ideas. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's sitting here trying to steal some from us, but uh, so it's a lot of pressure for us today. Yeah, local legend here, and no question. So, but Bill, welcome, and uh, we're glad to have you. And, and as we've been talking, you've been involved in well, you've been you know studying this the heroin epidemic and, and the prescription drug issue for you know some time, but you you developed a coalition. Uh, three years ago here in Monroe County and what are some of the things what are some of the facts that you're finding what are some of the issues that you, you're, you're finding that we need to work on before I do that I just want to take a step back uh, you guys mentioned uh, Michigan Department of Corrections involvement uh, with the Special Olympics and, and I think that's great you guys have raised a lot of money what I'd like to do it's a little bit late in the year but the next year if you're down in Monroe uh, certainly, I'd like to volunteer our local parole and probation department to take the polar plunge along with our special guest today, Jeff. All right. <laughs> All right. Wait, Let's sign him up. Can the prosecutor do that? That's one thing. He did. You get to sign roles in the office. And, and besides a radio broadcaster, now Jeff will volunteer for the polar right. plunge next year. So ho hopefully well, you guys come back. Well, let's start working on in Jeff's costume right now. All right. Well, hopefully you guys come back. But, but no, you're right. Heroin, uh, you know, such, such a big issue, you know, especially here in Monroe County, uh, across the nation in the state, but in Monroe County, uh, as we're talking about earlier, we had uh, a doctor, Dr. Oscar Linares, who uh, was the number one prescriber of OxyContin, not only in our region in Southeast Michigan, not only in the state of Michigan, or even the Midwest, or even the United States. Mm -hmm. He was the number one prescriber in all of North America back in 2010. And uh, that made us really the epicenter, uh, ground zero for right. the prescription drug problem. You know, we had a downturn in the economy at that time. Our staff was cut uh, 20 or 25% and we just had an explosion in people addicted to prescription pain medication and then ultimately to heroin, so that was a big problem. It's a large issue now. It's, it's you know, we've talked about this many times, mm -hmm. though, that it's a nationwide issue. It's being brought up in presidential campaigns. Sure. And, you know, the, the president just put over $1.1 billion in his budget towards substance abuse disorders and, and this heroin problem. And they say now that um, heroin overdoses kills more people than, than car accidents. I mean, that's crazy to think about. What are, you, what are you doing as far as your court goes to address this problem? Right. You know, really, before you can take any action, I think you really have to understand the problem. And that's really what we tried to do before we, you know, tried to attack the problem. And, you know, looking at the, the statistics, and there's so many of them out there. Um, in fact, you mentioned the president in his State of the Union address just recently. In his first sentence, if you remember, he spoke about prescription drugs and heroin. That was his first sentence in the State of the Union speech. And our, our governor, uh, Governor Snyder, uh, formed a task force this past summer. They came out with a report in October this year outlining some of the recommendations as to how to attack this problem. But some of the stats from that report, uh, just real briefly, you know, that, that I think stand out to me, uh, the United States uh, has uh, less than 5% of the entire world population, and yet we use over 80% of the opioid-produced uh, products in the world. Uh, so again, less than 5%, but over 80% of the opioids. Um, you mentioned uh, um, overdose deaths, and uh, you're right, the heroin now is a leading cause of death ahead of motor vehicle accidents and firearms in the United States. And uh, the report indicates that there's such a financial toll, too, you know, on our criminal justice system, on our health care system, on our insurance companies, a $55 billion cost uh, that they estimate based on people that are addicted to prescription drugs and that use heroin. So there's a financial toll, there's a human toll. Um, the stats show, and, and this is an old stat, 44 people every day in the United States die of a prescription drug overdose. And 
I think uh, 11 times that amount are admitted to the hospital with an overdose. Uh, for every one person that dies, 33 are admitted to the emergency room with a problem. So there's certainly a human toll. And, you know, women and children affects everybody, whether you're, you're young or old, uh, whatever race, uh, socioeconomic background you come from. But women especially have been affected. I think the report says that over the past 10 years or so, there's been a 100% increase in women that are uh, using heroin. And uh, children that are born uh, drug dependent have increased so much and the cost on the system, I think uh, the report says it's about $3,500 for a normal delivery, but when a child's addicted to opioids, uh, the cost goes up to about $67,000, so such a toll on, on our community. So you're right, uh, we wanted to do something and, and uh, we formed a coalition back in 2013 to attack the problem. You know, that's, Bill just mentioned here, the, the face of uh, who is addicted. And, it's everybody, and, and this, I think this is the third week in a row that we've we've heard that. that yeah. There's no stereotypical person. It's you know, it's the all-American athlete. It's it's the mom. It's you know, it's the child. It's it's the dad that goes to work every day. It's it's everybody, and and Bill, you know, you, you just outlined a bunch of numbers there that, that seem awful daunting. What is the prosecutor's role in this battle? Right. That, that's a great question, and, and again, I, I think we don't need to lose sight. You know, I've been a prosecutor in the office for. You know, 23 years now and, and the elected prosecutor for the past uh, 11, this is my 12th year, the number one role of a prosecutor certainly is to protect the community. I mean, you want to protect the public. You want to keep the public safe. And, and when you have a safe community, that means you have safe schools and children can learn. You, know, you have uh, an environment where businesses uh, can come in and thrive and uh, your neighborhoods are safe. So that's the number one goal. But when you look at addiction, uh, when you look at uh, uh, heroin users, I think you have to differentiate between those people that are that are the drug dealers and those people that are the violent offenders and then those people that are the addicts out there. And I think you have to make a difference or a differentiation between those two groups and treat them differently and that's what we tried to do here in Monroe. Uh, so, so again, uh, don't lose sight that a prosecutor law enforcement needs to protect the public but at the same time, you know, looking at the situation, for a number of years people have been incarcerated and uh, you know the relapse rate and the recidivism rate is so high that uh, we've tried to take a different approach recently here in Monroe. Uh, are you, do you guys have recovery court or drug courts here? And uh, are you addressing this through different kind of um, means than just normal, you know, pleas, sentencings? And we are. We we had a juvenile drug court for a period of time. We don't now. The only specialty courts we have, we have a veterans court. Um, we also um, have uh, started uh, work on a mental health court. Uh, we don't have that up yet. Uh, but we've also started uh, what we call a community drug diversion program. But before I get to there, um, you mentioned the problem, and it's not really just a law enforcement problem. That's the key for people to understand. You know, you can't, you've heard the phrase before, you cannot arrest yourself out of the problem. You can't prosecute yourself out of the problem. So what we did back in 2013, you know, when we had this downturn in the economy and Dr. Linares here and a reduced staff, uh, we brought the community together and had a drug summit in 2013. And the goal there was not only to raise awareness, uh, not only to educate the public in our community, but the main goal was actually to create a plan of action to attack the problem, tangible steps you could take to attack the problem. And that's what we did in 2013. And you know, I can tell you some of the things that we've done, and, and I think they've been successful, but it's really too early yet uh, to have turned the problem around because it's such a big problem. You know, we appreciate your efforts uh, from the prosecutor's office here in Monroe County. It's, it's it's something like you you said, Bill. It's a it's a community that needs to be involved, and it's not just a law enforcement issue. And 
you know, as as we move forward, you know, how do you envision this going as far as the battle against the uh, heroin <coughs> and the prescription drugs? Right. You mentioned uh, other communities uh, uh, forming drug coalitions or community groups to attack the problem. I really think that's the only way you can do it. I mean, certainly you have to attack it on the federal level, the state issue, but but the local issue, you know, on a daily basis, I think that's where community members can have the most impact. And what we tried to do, and I, I give you some of the things that, that have been successful, um, we brought together law enforcement groups, government groups, medical groups, prevention awareness groups. Uh, we brought together treatment and recovery groups and then affected families. And uh, we formed a coalition. And one of the things that you can do, any community can do this, you can have a medical take back event. Most of the times, the people that start with an addiction uh, uh, receive or obtain the opioid from a friend or family member. Mm -hmm. Many times it's in a medicine cabinet, you know, mom or dad or grandparent, you know, had a surgery and they're 60 Vicodin or, or there's a quantity of medication in that cabinet that's never used and that's where somebody looks in the medicine cabinet, takes it and then ultimately they become addicted. So uh, one of the things communities can do, we formed a medication take back event actually two a year where pharmacists, where our local health department, law enforcement and our office collaborated and we've taken uh, just tons of medication off the shelves. I think our last event was over a thousand pounds of medication that we took off of the shelves in the local community and we do one day events. What formulated out of that though, that was only one or mm -hmm. once or twice a year. Right. What we did is we were able to obtain a grant and they're called red med boxes. They look like mailboxes right. and and uh, through the grant, we have six of those that are bolted down at local law enforcement agencies where any time during the year, you know, family members, anyone can bring in medication and put it in the uh, uh, med box and then they're disposed of uh, safely. And uh, that's been a tremendous success. So that's one of the things you can do on the prevention side. MAPS, the Michigan Automated Prescription System. I think uh, the governor uh, just came out with his budget last week and set aside $4.7 million to update that antiquated system. Ohio has a great system called ORS. Michigan doesn't have that system. And for, for those people out there that, that know a little bit about the system, this will prevent individuals from doctor shopping. Uh, this will allow doctors to have um, a greater degree of, of control over the medication that, the, that they give out and certainly the pharmacist. So improving that system, making it more user-friendly is important. A um, number of other things, if I could touch on a few of them here. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Education is, is important, certainly the schools, but also the senior centers. Yeah. I mean, that, that's so important. Um, the doctors uh, in Monroe County have been a huge benefit to us. And anybody looking to form a coalition out there, I would say you have to have the medical community as part of that. And uh, our former CEO at the hospital here, Annette Phillips, uh, when I called her up on a telephone, I said, you know, can you help? And she said, anything you need. I think it was because, one, she certainly wanted to be a part of the solution, you know, not part of the problem. But o Oscar Linares was here. And uh, he was just convicted, and he's going to be sentenced in May here in federal court. But the doctors have really done a lot in our community. They have a prescriber packet that they've given out to all the prescribers where they voluntarily agreed to use MAPS. MAPS isn't uh, mandatory, but they voluntarily agreed to use it. They've agreed not to distribute the hydro, which is a strong drug. Uh, the medical community has really been involved in Lansing with changing some of the rules and regulations up there too. So uh, they've been a, a big uh, group. And, and finally, I guess I, I'd like to say, you're not, you're not gonna have the greatest impact on the problem unless you have good treatment and recovery facilities mm -hmm. out there because you can do as much as you want on the prevention side, on the law enforcement side, um, on, the, on the medical side, 
but if you don't have groups that are able to treat individuals that are addicted, it's a revolving door at the back end and you're not using your money wisely then. And uh, we made some progress on that as well. I think that's the vision of the Department of Corrections moving forward with the director we have, um, with the deputy director we have, you, you, know, you know Deputy Director Russ Marlin, and you know they're focusing a lot on treatment on the front end so that people aren't coming to prison. Uh, we, we've set up programs you know, at, at DRC where, where Noah's a deputy warden where we're trying to focus on just what you said, the treatment and recovery part of this problem so that we can catch them before it spirals to a point where they're in prison because that's the last place that we want that we want to see them. Um, so you know, I, I think our director and deputy director have the same kind of philosophy of the protection of the public is a successful person long term. Um, you know, you can lock people up with addiction, but a large majority are going to come out of prison and they're going to come right back to the communities where, like Monroe County, we have this problem. So, you know, addressing the problem and treating it to make people successful um, is is a, a good way forward with this problem. Just a just a thought on that, and you're right about that. I mean, I've met uh, the director, and, and I think she's doing a great job, and, and Russ Marlin I've known uh, for a number of years, and, and I like that approach because when you look at the state budget and the percentage of uh, MDOC in that, I mean, it's a huge percentage of the state budget, and you want to be as efficient as possible. And we talked earlier, 50% of the people approximately that enter prison every year are for probation and parole violations. So if you can do a better job and spend more resources on those individuals and prevent them from coming into prison, I, I think that's the best value, you know, the most efficient way to, to treat the problem. And, and uh, what we've tried to do on our end, something similar to that, is uh, we were in the process of creating a community drug diversion panel using community members, somewhat similar to a drug court, mm -hmm. uh, the same treatment, uh, the same drug screens, uh, the same jurisdiction uh, that a typical drug court would have, but an added component are these community members who want to do something, who want to have a positive impact, and uh, the individuals that are addicted meet once a month with this group. Uh, they provide mentoring services, uh, they provide recommendations to the court, um, and it's more intensive than a typical probation or a typical drug court, and I think a lot of the studies out there say that, you know, there's no one way to treat an addict and, and there's no, uh, you know, one right way, but um, peer support is important mm -hmm. and, and having a mentor certainly helps. So, you know, I like what MDUC is doing in that area and, uh, you know, hopefully in Monroe County this drug diversion panel will have a, a positive impact as well. It's great down here in Monroe because it sounds like people aren't just sitting on the sidelines, you know, it sounds like people are, are raring to help this problem down here, um, you know, all the way from doctors right. to prosecutors to right. law enforcement. Right. So, um, it's, it's good to hear that, it, that people are aware of the problem and there's actually action being taken right. to address it, so it's, you know, it's refreshing. It is, and you know, some of the common themes we've heard in, in the first couple of series, uh, you know, it's got to be a group coming together locally, because it's a national problem, there's no yeah. question about it, but we can't fix it on a national level, but we can locally a, as possible, and then create it, you know, creating a plan, and living out that plan, you know, working that plan. The other thing is, you know, the same thing that they, they were talking about in Jackson here in Monroe is, is getting those drugs Turned yeah. in, yeah, you know. Jackson true. City Police talked about having a, a drop off, yep. you know, and, and and Bill's saying the same thing here. Creating opportunities where people can come and get rid of them instead of them just sitting in the, right. the medical uh, cabinet at their house or you know in their bathroom where it's readily available to anyone and everyone. Yep. Getting them out of the house, getting them off the street, and dropping them off and taking care of them. Well, Bill, I, I can't thank you enough for stopping by field days and checking out our podcast. You gave, I mean, wonderful information. Thank you so much. And I say it again on behalf of the director, deputy director, 
uh, we thank you for coming on field days and, and joining us today. Well, I appreciate it, and don't forget next year you're coming back, and, uh, <laughs> and uh, I've got some volunteers for that polar punch for you, all right? We're looking forward I to it. I can't wait to tell the probation for all this. I'm watching. <laughs> I'm watching. I know that. Well, thank you Thanks, very much. Thanks, so. Well, Noah, as promised in the beginning of the podcast, we talked about the Daily Reporter in Coldwater, Michigan, and Branch County. And you know, I used to supervise down in Branch County. I remember the Daily Reporter. Well, it sounds like they're doing some pretty unique stuff yeah. now. I must oh, have yeah. waited till you left to, <laughs> to do some unique stuff. <laughs> but they, uh, they, they were actually they had an article in the paper of how they're trying to address this heroin problem in Branch County, which you, can, you see it now more and more and more in local communities and the newspapers of how it's becoming a problem and what people are doing. So, you know, Agent, uh, Agent Shauna Houts, she actually got a telephone line set up with the courts where, where the offenders actually call in and it gives them a, a color and if the color comes up, they have to drop. So and if they're positive, they, it's like a swift and sure thing where they go immediately in front of the judge, they get a sanction. If they do it again, uh, if they use again, they go to treatment. So she's you know being very proactive, doing something about the problem. Absolutely. It's good stuff. And, you know, and it's funny, Greg, every, every show we, we, we've done so far in Field Days, you have an article from a different newspaper throughout the state mention some of the work that our agents are doing or how it's mentioned in Corrections, Corrections Connections. Right. And today, Speaking we, of have, that. Yeah, we have a very special guest, Holly Kramer, who, who writes Corrections Connections and, and is really focusing on uh, all the great work do, being done by our, our staff. And recently, Holly, we've had a lot of activity up in Flint. I think we mentioned that uh, we last week. Marseille, yeah. Marseille Allen. Yep, and, raised, and what, 50, over $50,000. Yeah. And Holly, you've been covering that quite uh, extensively for us, and, and what can you tell us about that? Yeah, thanks for inviting me on. Um, at the end of January, I actually went out with our Metro Field staff to Flint, where they distributed over a thousand cases of water around the city. Um, it was really an incredible experience, and it really speaks to the compassion of our staff, to the level that they're helping out. Every agent that was out there said that it was an extremely humbling experience to be able to deliver water to people who need it, and the people were very grateful. We've had a huge effort to help the city of Flint. We've had boots on the ground with our emergency management section since January, um, helping out in the city. We've really been seen as experts in emergency management and resource management, have staff members there seven days a week helping out in Flint. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's awesome. And, and Deputy like, director showed yeah. up on a Sunday afternoon yep, to help, absolutely. and I, he, was, he was with an agent from I think Flint uh, probation office maybe. Right. So uh, yeah, I mean he even showed up one Sunday afternoon to help out. What people don't know, you know, we have staff running warehouses over there. I mean that they're they're actually our staff running them, right? Correct. Yeah, we have MDOC staff are managing two warehouses in Flint where efforts are going through to um, distribute the water. Water's coming in. We're also handling recycling. So all the bottled water recycling efforts that have started, our MDOC staff are managing that that's coming in and making sure that things get recycled. They're also picking up water tests and taking them back to Lansing. Oh, that's great. You know, and, that, and that's something that's not just your typical eight to five. I mean, I know no. we've had staff up there early in the morning to late at night, seven days, seven days a week. Days a week. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and Holly, we appreciate you taking the time as well to go up there and, and you know, uh, be involved as, as much as you've been involved and then also being able to share that, you know, share. You know, Holly has the, the, the good fortune of, of being able to share some of the great work that our staff do throughout. Uh, being a great writer, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah. Old school with that yeah. pen and uh, pad of paper, you know, but, uh, no, she's, uh, you know, had the fortune of, of being able to share that and get that information out to us. 
Although, Holly, I did send you a picture for the cover, and I, I don't think that's made it yet. With a picture of you? <laughs> <laughs> it was a selfie. Isn't that wrong? <laughs> oh, Noah. Oh, it's always no, fun. No, but... Thank you, uh, Holly, for coming on today. It was... Uh, you know, we, I, I think Noah and I both, and I think FOA as a whole, would like to have you come on more and share some of the stories that you know, you're writing about that they're, you know, everyone's reading in the Corrections Connection. Right. It's nice to have some more of that story, and I think this is a good uh, avenue for you to do that. So whenever you want to come on, please feel free. And yeah, we appreciate it, Holly. Thank you very much. And Holly and Jaguar, number one thing, go Team FOA!